Welcome to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast, where we discuss various dog training topics to help you become the best leader for your dog. Marvin Pierce has over 20 years of experience with obedience training for dogs located in the Sherwood, Oregon area. Offering private lessons and group clinics, the dog teacher has been able to change the lives of dog owners by helping them develop and maintain an obedient dog. For more information, contact us at MarvinPierceDogTeacher.com. You know, I think one of the things for me is exercising dogs. I've been trying to be a dealer for a dog treadmill company for a few years now, and we haven't ever got anything accomplished. But the way thing is in the country right now, you can't get something if you want it anyway, hardly, depending on what you want to order, but it's hard to get some things. So <clears throat> we, we put dogs on treadmills here a lot. We've got a couple, two, three dogs here right now, and people are wanting us to put on treadmills. And uh, Z uh, today, she wanted to try to, she tried to get him on treadmill and he lost it, I guess, and looked good. Yeah, I told her that you and I could work on it. Well, it took me and Mariah about three yeah. minutes. And I got so he was on there today. Oh, yeah, I got yeah. a video of him cruising on the treadmill. Awesome. He's done like, I think, 3.8 miles an hour. I don't know where he's going, but he was on a mission. <laughs> and, and it only took us, I don't know, probably five seconds to get him going. And But I think sometimes is our, with anything to do with dogs, our expectations is what makes a lot of difference. Uh, I didn't expect it to be no issues. I just assumed it was going to be really good. Not always saying that it does, because sometimes it's not as good as it sounds like it could be or would be. But it, this time it was. I mean, he just took off on treadmill, and I had Mariah on the controls. And she, uh, I don't remember what it starts out at now, half mile an hour or whatever it is, and she got him up. To, I think, like I said, I think it was 3.8 miles an hour. And he just cruised and uh we got Milo now running on treadmill, and he's doing really good. And we just sent home uh, whoever that guy was. The other Milo. No. Well, oh, Lexi. Too. Lexi. Yeah. Well, we got Lexi yeah. going on treadmill for owners. And, you know, for me, it's just fun to see. It would be more fun to see people would, that would actually do this with their dogs. Uh, get them on treadmills and exercise them. They like Blazers them. owners have one at home in there. Excited yeah. about it. Yeah. And it and it don't have to be a dog treadmill. I mean, you can re- use a regular treadmill yeah. that you run on yourself and put your dogs on there. Uh, if you want to get really wild about it, put a treadmill side to side and you and your dog go for a walk together. Uh, the dogs, I've got uh, Harry and uh, Roxy on treadmill. The little ones. <laughs> yeah, they're little bitty dogs. Heck, they're not that big. And I put Roxy in the back. She's an old dog. And shoot, they run, run, run on the treadmill. And today, this morning, I was sitting up there drinking some coffee and I had them on there. And I ran Roxy. Well, I didn't run them because I don't take those dogs very fast. There's a little bit. For 10 minutes, then I put Lexi beside me and she snuggled down in the chair with me. And Harry, he went another five minutes before I quit with him. And I think Harry could have probably went for an hour. My dog don't ever quit. But it was really fun well, to he see could him. go all day. <laughs> and then Bianca's little dog, Tilly, right? Yeah. I put her on treadmill the other day for five minutes at a real slow speed. And man, she got in her bed and she was screaming and round pain in the viewing area while Bianca was trying to do a lesson. And I got her and took her in there and put her on treadmill for five minutes and she slept for two or three hours. She did. I yep. mean, she was done. Snoozed. And that's the thing I feel with puppies, even for people like yourself, you know, or me, even living out here. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go out in the middle of the night and take my dog for a 10 or 20 minute walk no. in the rain at midnight. No. But still, if I get up or you get up and let them out and go to the bathroom and bring them in and put them on a treadmill for five or ten minutes, they'll go back to sleep a lot yeah. of time. 
because they got to go for a nice little walk. And I don't even think they got a clue. They think they're walking through the mountains or on a forest trail or something. They don't realize they're on a treadmill. So it is really good for these dogs. And, you know, for me, treadmilling started out with a client that couldn't walk a lot medically. And they had a big German Shepherd. And so I put it on. Uh, Kay actually gave me a treadmill. Me and Anthony went down and picked it up and brought it Really? And uh, we ran that dog on the treadmill. And that dog would go get on the treadmill when we cut back in round pin with it from out in the playground. That's when we came through the playground back then. But it would come through there and it would run in there and get on the treadmill. And so when that lady took the dog home, that's what she done. And then she'd take her for a nice little five or ten minute walk, whatever she could do. And that's and cool. It makes it fun. And one of the dogs we got here now, I think it's Milo. That guy walks that dog while he can, you know, but physically can only do so much. And so that's why we put him on treadmill. So now they can run him on treadmill. And, I think that's huge for these dogs to get them exercise. And, uh, you know what we need to have come up and get on a treadmill? Carrie's mom's dog, Bailey. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That'd probably be fun. That'd be good for her. Be a good way to exercise. Yeah. Her. And for me, any of these dogs like that, you know, that people don't want to. And sometimes it's not me. I could go for a 10 or 20 or 30 minute walk, probably an hour if I'd really want to, but I walk all day training dogs, so I don't really want to take dogs for a walk uh i do i mean we go all the time and now the weather's got worse mariah does a few more of my walk through the woods with my dogs and she loves it because she's a kid and she gives her a chance to train on dogs and be with our customers and the customers love being with her so it really makes it nice and i'll stay in the kennel like this morning i stay in the kennel i think it's morning and wash dog bowls and stuff while she went out and does and today she actually came out with my lesson and i was able to take away more dogs because she helped me manage yes. them yeah, while i, I took care of the you. customers yeah, yeah. So it's fun to be able to get the dogs, and that's one of the things that we really push here with our board and train and our boarded dogs is they get to go out. And some of these dogs today were just boarded dogs and what day dogs too. Mm -hmm. uh, Z came out. Z came lessons. out, and Lucky both went up yeah. through the woods with her on a walk, and it wasn't just out in the playground; they were actually up through the woods and stuff with a pack of dogs. So it makes it really fun for us to have those nice dogs that's been here for training, like Lucky and Z, starting to come here now. Mm -hmm. It's nice to be able to take those dogs out in the woods with uh, customers, other customers' dogs, and they get along. Yeah. And, and the customers get to see how cool their dogs can be when yeah. they're done. That makes it a lot of fun for them, too, to see it. And we don't have to just tell them and tell them and tell them. We can go show them because we usually always have a kind of cool dogs that we can take through the woods off yeah. leash. And, and I think it makes people feel really good when they can drop their dog somewhere off where they know they're okay, they have fun. Yeah. And then at the end of the day, they know their dog behaves when they're away, yeah. too. That's yes. a pretty big deal. It is. And also when our dogs are here for us, you know, is we make a mind. Yeah. And that's why we're so strict on the dogs that get to come here yeah. for boarding or day, or day board, our board, because they've got to behave. I mean, yeah. if you got a dog, even if you have a dog that's been here for training and it goes home and you let it become just unruly, honorary, it won't be here for boarding or boarding training yeah. or for day boarding because yeah. of the fact that it needs to go back into training. And, you know, we have dogs here like Mott's is here now. And the owner just said, yeah, you know, we just really didn't follow through with him. And so they brought him back for a week for boarding, boarding train. Yeah. And he's been here for boarding train for three weeks at one time. But And I feel like he's getting right back in. He is. He's yeah. coming right back because the foundation's there. It's just a yeah. matter of putting him back to work. And yeah. I talk about horses the same way. You know, you get a really professionally trained horse and you don't really know what you're doing, but you go participate in that event. And after a while, your horse will be like not doing so well, but you can send it back to the trainer for tune-up for a week or two, and it'll go back to being really great again. Yeah. So dogs are the same way. 
Can you Brett. tell who's on there, Brett? Um, not everyone. There's about ten people on right now. Dari said hi. Hello. Hello. Uh, let's see. Sandy's on here. Oh, awesome. She okay. said, "Got it." Link. Yeah, she said, "Got Sandy it." Sandy with Harry. Oh, really? Yeah. Harry's just cool. <laughs> he is cool. He's a yeah. tra- uh, treadmill running dog right now. <laughs> and he goes on a walk on treadmill with Roxy, the little Roxy. Yeah, they go together. <laughs> I got a video I have to show her. Yeah. We should put it on yeah. Facebook sometimes so, yeah. so people can see. Because even with Harry, he gets to be an honor. I put him on treadmill for a few minutes and he's good. Yeah. He'll go in there. He don't sleep as much as old dog Roxy or your puppy, you know. No. But he's just he's a little full bit older. Yeah, he's ready yeah. to go. So, yeah. Brett, we got any questions? Yeah, Carrie just said, Marvin, would you talk about how to work with your dog as you transition out of working from home? That separation anxiety that the dog may experience, what can be done to help that? Is that our Carrie? Yeah. So, separation anxiety for people who don't ever leave their dogs? Yeah. You know, I told somebody today, one, one thing is I think would help is, and I told somebody in her kennels today in Round Pen, you were probably there. Then I'm gonna run up Walmart, and I'm gonna go back to the toy <laughs> section, and I'm gonna get a nice sized stuffed dog, <laughs> and I'm gonna bring it here. Well, the reason I'm laughing is Carrie's gotta be busting up laughing right now. <laughs> and when somebody's standing there in the Round Pen, and they're, I, the other day we just had it, and this person's gonna look for other options for trainers, because I don't think we're gonna fit this bill. No. But this guy, literally, his five-month-old dog, it just chews on him. I mean, not. I mean, he like chews on. Has side. holes in his hands. Yeah. Blood. Holes. Yeah. And this dog sat there and stared at this guy. And me and Bianca, I was on one side of the guy, and Bianca was on the other side of the guy. And we were both talking to one another and to the guy, you know, not not unpolitely, but we was taking turns with her. And finally, I asked the guy. I said, "Sir." I said, I think that maybe your dog's just like, can't take his eyes off you. And the guy's like, I know. And I said, and you can't take your eyes off the dog. He never looked at us. We stood there and talked to him, I bet, five minutes, and he never took his eyes off my dog. So I'm going to bust on down to Walmart when I get a chance. I'm going to get me a stuffed dog. And we're going Go around the office. I'm going to be like, here, <laughs> hold this dog for a while. Let's take your dog and go do some work with her. Leave your dog here for a few weeks for training. You take this little dog home and love on it. Because that is what starts with separation anxiety yeah. with dogs. And it's worse. I mean, it's like two 14-year-old kids just fell in love, and they can't imagine life without yeah. staring at one another. I mean, nowadays, I guess they'd probably be on the cell phone and FaceTime and shit. When I was a kid, you just wait until you went back to school or you hitched a ride or something to go see a girl. But nowadays, you can FaceTime and sit on the cell phones all the time. And with these dogs, it's the same thing. I mean, and, and for me, the separation... I don't feel that it's, I mean, I just get frustrated over the separation anxiety with people and dogs because of the fact that I think that grieving is one thing. People, if they lost a loved one or they've lost another dog, they go get a puppy. Yeah. And that's their life. And not pick on those people because those people, I mean, it is, it's hard times. But like you, I can pick on you. Mm-hmm. Like Tilly right now, if you screw that dog up, it ain't nobody's fault but yours. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Carrie would be the same thing with her dog. And yeah. Joshua with her dog. And yeah. Mariah. I think, and you know, it makes me feel good because like the other day you talked about how nice it is for y'all to get to bring your dogs to work. Yeah. And for me, the nice thing about it is when y'all bring your dogs to work, 
they're not always under your feet. They're not, well, they're never in your way. No. You use them a lot, and we use Bianca's dog, or Mariah's dog. We don't use Joshua's dog much. She's gimpy a little bit, and we ain't using turd. Leo. Leo. <laughs> we don't use Leo in lessons. Uh, but we can find y'all dogs anywhere, anywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in the feed room, in the, the storage room, in the break room, and in a kennel sometimes, uh, or out on the playground, or in the round pen area, or one of the pens, one or two. And I feel that if people at home, especially if you have a house with a backyard or front yard, wherever you put a kennel, if you would leave your dog there sometimes and not have them under your lap all the time or in your lap or yep. under your chair, it would make a lot of difference. Yep. Or leave your dog somewhere once in a while. And <clears throat> for me, I don't feel that it's, I have a hard time feeling it's the same leaving your dog in the house while you go to town for three hours. I don't feel that's the same as it is if you leave your dog in the backyard in the kennel all day. And not I'm not talking a crate. I'm talking a six by 10 or 10, six by 12 or whatever kennel. I don't feel it's the same leaving your dog in your house as it is if you leave it outside in the kennel where it can get fresh air and see the sky, feel the wind blow, and take a nap if it wants to. But for me, that's one of the problems with dogs. And, and like even Carrie's dog, uh, Bodie or Dobie, she leaves him at home with her sister sometimes, and maybe at home by herself. I'm not sure when she comes up here or whatever. Uh, that makes a lot of difference. Bianca leaves her dog here all night. Mariah leaves her dog here all night. I don't think Jocelyn does. Every once in a while, she will for a weekend, but not as often yeah. as Mariah and I. And I don't think I don't know if Carrie ever leaves Dobie here. Not overnight. I think he'd be homesick and carry me homesick. But I'm going to touch on that, and Carrie and I talked about this last week. I think Dobie would be fine. Oh, Dobie would be fine. He would be tickled to get rid of Carrie mom. just wouldn't. Carrie wouldn't be bad. <laughs> Dobie would be like, let's have a party and bark all night. Mom ain't here. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, and that is a hard part, and I don't know why humans have such a hard time getting moving, uh, not holding their dog. And like I told some people today, I don't think it's the dog. Like you just said, I think it's the human that has exactly. the most problem. Yeah. And I can say that because I used to have that problem. Yeah, I can say that because I never had that problem. Yeah, it was shocking to me it. when I realized Scout was all right with that. Yeah, I know it hurts sometimes, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it hurts people to be like, "Damn, my dog don't really need me twenty four seven, three sixty five? Nope, he don't. But it is. It's really hard. And and like I said, I don't feel. It's not the same as leaving your dog at home while you go to the grocery store or leaving your home dog at home and going to work and coming back home and walking in the door and let your dog jump all over you and do backflips and cartwheels and all that stuff. Yeah. You're not doing your dog no favors. Uh, I just had something there that's really right because I was wanting to talk about and I forgot what it was and I didn't make a note. So. <laughs> I got uh, another question for you if you're ready for it. Let's do it. Uh, Dari asks, can you share your philosophy on the general time it should take for an average dog to be able to go from wearing an e-collar to being loose on the beach having fun? With an e-collar? You know, for me, Dari, it's always, it's more about the human that's handling the dog. I agree with that. It is totally about the human handling the dog. I feel like Scout would be fine without one, but if I'm at the beach, I'm like... <laughs> <laughs> me, I would take Moxie, Roxy, Mari, or Bear to the beach. The disadvantage for me 
with, and I wouldn't probably take my dogs to the beach without a knee collar. I mean, is she saying take your dog to the beach without a knee collar or with a knee collar? I think she's saying like the. Would overall, you read it again? Yeah. So, can you share your philosophy on the general time it should take for an average dog to be able to go from never wearing a knee collar to being oh. loose on the beach having fun? I'm still lost. Okay. It don't make sense to me, which doesn't mean nothing. A lot of things don't make sense to me. I can't tell if she's asking how long to go without the e-collar, or if you're asking how long to go from not having any e-collar training it, to being loose on the beach with an I e-collar. I think it's going from not having an e-collar to going to the beach with an e-collar. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah that's, right. Uh, me, that's the way I read it, Darian. If I'm wrong, just let me know. It won't be the first time I've been wrong. Second time, probably. First time I was wrong, I thought I was wrong, I wasn't wrong. Answer her question. Yeah. <laughs> I already forgot. What was it? No. You know, for me, it's, it goes with the dog and it goes with the handler. I feel the worst thing about taking a dog anywhere off leash, being out here on the trails where we don't have fences, right? to the beach or in the mountains or in town. Yeah. If the person that's handling the dog don't have the confidence, it's really a lot harder on the dog to be controllable now at the same time i always go back to the little gal that came here with the big dog with the done the six package lesson i wish dog. we could get a hold of her somehow yeah. that dog drug her through the barn literally and this gal couldn't wait a buck 20 and her dog probably weighed 80 and she grabbed post on the way through the barn and she got in round pen and i think if i'm not mistaken and if she's ever on here get a hold of us because we'd love to interview you uh but her thing was when she got here is she had a dog that couldn't be controlled and she had been told that time and time again it was like six year old big old strong jug-headed dog and people told her that she just needed to, i think if i'm not mistaken she needed to accept the fact that her dog just wasn't off leash kind of dog and her dog was going to pull her and i think she maybe had had help before and i seen the dog dog was a really cool dog but just honoring and the lady was determined. And for me, when you got determination, uh, there's a lot. it takes a lot to stop it. And that lady done six lessons with us, with the six lesson he compact. Her last lesson, she literally got out of her vehicle. The dog never got out till she asked it. When it got out, it came to her leg and it sat by her foot. And she put a leash on it, let it through the barn, and it never tightened her leash. We went through the woods with it off leash, running around in the woods with it and came back. It was the same way going back to her vehicle. And when it got in the vehicle, the same way. That was six lessons. But for me, that was an exceptional person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wouldn't say an exceptional dog, but an exceptional person who had done a good job with her dog in training, except mm-hmm. for the leash pulling and a recall. Mm-hmm. But she had that determination and her dog just went with it and ran with it. Now she could have took that dog to the beach with those six lessons and turned it loose and not worried. Now. The normal average dog, <clears throat> I feel that one thing will get a person in trouble on a beach, and it's really hard, I think, sometimes for people to understand. And, and the reason I know is from cowboying all the years I did. A lot of times my dog could be 100 foot from me, and he couldn't hear me for the cows bawling and all the hoofs clicking around his feet or around his head. So that's where I learned to recall the tone button on my dogs. Actually, I lost my voice in Othello, Washington is where I really got big into recalling my dog with tone butt because I couldn't, if I hollered my dog, I'd be like, oh, that's all I'd say. And so I had a buddy literally call my dog that was on a horse beside me and I hit the tone button. And my dog would look at him and I'd pat my leg and my dog would come. And that's how I taught my first dog to come with a tone button because I could, all I could say, 
and that was it. And that was bad because we were cowboying in some rough country. And I needed my dog to listen, so I couldn't recall my dog. And my dog already knew to go the way I sent my pointing my horse, or I was pointing, or my four-wheeler. That's the direction my dog went. So I could send my dog, but I just couldn't get him to come back. And so I started training with a recall with the tone button. But if you get on the beach the same way with your dogs, if you teach your dogs to recall with a tone button or get their attention, most dogs, it doesn't matter if they have a recall or not. If you hit tone button, they're going to look at you. Yeah. And then you can call them to you, and that's what happens on the beach. Is there's so much noise from the waves and stuff. Yeah. Dogs get 100, 150 feet from you. A lot of times they can't hear you. Yeah. Especially if the winds are coming to you instead of away from you to your dogs. And, yeah. And people don't take that in consideration. If you call your dog and they're downwind from you they've got a whole lot better chance hearing you than they do right. if they're upwind yeah. from you yeah and janice did that with pearl and lucky and scout are australian shepherds and so they're different they are they're more with us than pearl is pearl's a great pyrenees and she she likes to go wander she doesn't yes. need she doesn't need to be up in our business she doesn't care what we're doing unless we need her Right. And so there's so many angles that she can go hide around a building or something, and Janice just hits the tone button, and we just wait. And we're like, which way is she coming from? <laughs> she wanders back in. And that's the big thing about a tone button, and I feel that people use tone button and vibration to warn a dog that I'm going to use an electric collar right. instead of using it for a set recall, whatever you yeah. want to do. And the best example that you've given for that is the parents that are like, I'm going to count to three. Yes. And they're like, one, <laughs> one and a quarter, <laughs> one and a half, because they just do not they want to do discipline not their kids. Say and three. you can tell their kids don't listen. Yeah. That's not a threat yeah. to them. And we get people here, you know, and I mean, it's like, they're like, can you fix my kid like your dog? I'm like, yes, but I got to fix the parent first. Same thing with a damn dog. I can fix a dog, but I got to fix the parent too. And the parent's hard. The people's hard. I mean, uh, I, I, mean I don't know. I can't ever say I've been there, so I don't know how hard. You can say, you can witness how hard it is to, to be fixed, I guess, you know. And, yeah. and the thing is, for me, is we get, once in a while, we get somebody here that takes it personal. They think I'm personally attacking them right. for not being able Picking to get their dog to do what yeah. I've done. And that's never that. I have no. no reason to pick on anybody. Like I've told Bianca here, and it's the same thing with Bianca, we have nothing to prove to nobody. Yeah. You know, we can take our dogs anywhere off leash. And I mean, we don't worry about our dogs. We don't worry about our dogs getting in trouble. So we don't have nothing to prove. And, and you know, for me, I, over time, I mean, I remember an old cowboy told me years ago I had a horse. I still have him, actually, Badger, and I bought him, and I called this old boy, and he was, well, I don't know, I, I think he's passed away now, but he, when I met him, he was probably 78 years old, and that was 18, 20 years ago, whatever. But I called him bragging on the horse I had, Badger, about how cool a horse he was, and he's like, let me tell you something, son. He says, I gave you 20% what you have, and you made 80, the other 80%. He said, if that horse would have went to somebody else, he wouldn't have been this kind of horse. Yeah. And my granddaughters are riding him now, you know. And the fun thing for me is is the fact that I could now say the same thing with Scout. I didn't do that. You did. And I just helped you. Yeah. You know? And so that's the way it is with the dogs that are here. It doesn't matter how great a dog I can make anybody. If I can't teach them how to follow through. You're not going to get there. Yeah. And some people, they bring their dogs back for a tune-up once in a while. Yeah. Mocha came back, remember? Yeah. Yeah. She's like, hey, would you just like to tune her up a little bit? <laughs> and it's because they just don't follow through. And for me, the fun thing about it is now, 
is once we've born and trained those dogs or trained or whatever, they can come back for a week and we can get them done yep. pretty dang good. And some people will just come for a lesson. Tyka's yeah. owners, I've talked to them twice on the phone and they're like, awesome, cool, thanks, bye. And yeah. I don't hear from them for a month or two until they yeah. come up with something new. And so it's fun for me to see the dedication that people puts in it without an attitude. Mm-hmm. And we get people here, like the one guy, like I said, he's going to go somewhere else. He's going to look at his other options because, man, he just don't want to be mean to his dog and not be able to stare at him 24-7. And I hope in a lot of luck. I mean, maybe there's somebody out there that's, I don't know. He, I don't know. He could always get That's up. really hard for me, what I've learned from you to watch people misunderstand it is, dogs me too. so much because I just want to save the dog from that. Me too. That's what I've because always wanted they to they think kissing them and loving them and that's it is the best thing for them. And that dog was stressed. And you look at people, I mean, I say a sugar mamas and sugar daddies to their dogs, <laughs> which is not very nice. Some people take offense to that. Most probably. people laugh and know Yeah, kidding. they do. But people are that way. You get some lazy-ass guy, and if you're on here and, and it hurts, it's probably the truth. So, <laughs> But you get some lazy-ass guy that doesn't want to work, and he lets his girlfriend take care of him or his wife, whatever it may be. It, it's not fair. No. But a lot of women will do it. Yeah. They'll take care of that guy because he don't want to work. Yeah. But they love him. Yeah. And it's the same with the dog. They love that dog, but the dog don't respect him. But the difference is... I can help them fix that dog, but I can't help them fix that guy that don't want to work. Yeah. I can just pull the plug. And, <laughs> you know, that's for me, that's that easy. And I'll probably get hate mail from this shit. Tomorrow. Join us next Wednesday for yeah, advice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I get people who want me to do marriage counseling now, and I could. I could just have to charge a lot more money. But. I uh, I don't think I'd be very good at marriage counseling. They'd I'm not a, sure you'd have quite as much fun. There'd be a lot of divorces <laughs> around here. Instead of marriage, uh, what do you call it, a chapel to marry? Uh-huh. I'd have the bar for divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Come to the bar to be divorced. <laughs> but, you know, and, and for dogs it is, it's, you know, now we're working, we're going to work with a deaf dog. And... I'm so excited. You're as excited as me or more until it bites shit out of you, and then you won't be quite as excited. You'll be like, well, Irvin. <laughs> yeah, I haven't but, gotten a bit bad. Yeah, and the thing is for me, <clears throat> is this little dog's three years old, I think. The people's had it two years. And if we're on here, we told him it was going to be on Facebook tonight, and I think I probably told him I was going to talk about her dog and them. And, you know, it's just sad to see how hurt people are that their dog's this way. Mm-hmm. And... The worst thing for me is the people knows it, they realize it, but yet they won't fix it. They'll shelter the dog. Where these people, they're going to fix it. Well, we're going to try. I don't know if we'll fix it or not, but I mean, I'm figuring 98% sure we will. I'm with you on that. Uh, but the bad thing is with the dogs, we don't know the dog the way he really is because they got him on so many drugs right now to That's keep him calm true. down. I do agree with that. They've got him on two or three kinds yeah. of drugs, two kinds of drugs, and then they got him a medicated dog food. I think. But on the flip side, that could be half of his problem. Doubt all it. the drugs. Okay. Doubt it. I think he's maybe calmer because of the drugs, but okay. I think he's calmer in a bad way. Yeah. I think it's just like if drinking whiskey instead of beer, so you don't get. He's just drugged. He's not calmer. He's Correct. drugged. Yeah. Yes. He just he's not mentally better. He's yeah. just medicated. Yeah. And I feel that the medication ain't necessary. And I could be wrong. I'm not a vet. For sure. But I mean, I think that most of the time, and not all the time, but. I feel that it takes a certain kind of trainer. And now next week, or we, well, next month, whenever we get this dog here, and I'm on here and you see Band-Aids all over my fingers and shit, 
and Bianca's. We might be like, you know that dog we was talking about a month ago? Well, admit it. We were wrong. <laughs> but for me, the thing is, is I will learn from that dog, and I got confidence that I could fix him around and tell him no. Yeah. You know, I mean, I've had dog here last week, week before last, I just told people I couldn't help him. Yeah. Uh, because of the circumstances, just wasn't going to work for us. And so for me, I'm not going to take somebody's money if I don't feel that we can help with their dog. Yeah. But the biggest thing I can tell everybody is the fact that if you are weak and you feel sorry for your dog, your dog's not going to learn nothing. He's just he's going to learn, but he's going to learn bad things. Yeah. Because they can't accept it. And you can feel there's a difference. I feel bad for dogs that get hurt. You know, I've had dogs killed right in front of my eyes, and I I felt bad. I mean, I felt terrible. Mm-hmm. And I've had dogs that got broken legs and stitches after stitches. You know, and I always felt bad. I never felt sorry for them. I felt bad. I felt bad for him. Yeah, but I you felt didn't bad for me. Share that emotion. No, I didn't. I mean, I just got the dog and we took him to the vets and got yeah. him fixed and brought him home. And I didn't feel bad for him when I got home. No, I just treated the dogs, you know. Yeah. And me back in the day when I cowboyed around a lot, if you seen my dog in the house, there was either one or two things: he was got hurt pretty bad, or I was laid up pretty bad. And they brought the dog in to see me, and that was it. And so. I feel that my dogs never took advantage of that situation because I was never felt sorry for them. Yeah. And I felt yeah. bad, but I didn't feel sorry. Yeah. And, you know, the night I told, uh, what's her name, with Teddy, that she could hug on her dog before she said, really? I said, yes, because you're not showing a weak emotion. You're just showing you love your dog. Yeah. And there's a lot of difference because her dog was minding yeah. it, sat down and she yeah. hugged on it while she just petted on it, what she done, good yeah. face or whatever. But... Her dog was perfectly good with it. He didn't yeah. jump on her. He didn't try to bite on her. He didn't get up. I mean, yeah. he behaved himself. And it's because he's starting to respect her leadership. Yeah. So, uh, any question, Brett? No, I put a question out there. Uh, you got 15 people on here, though. So we talked about the deaf dog. And, I mean, I trained a deaf dog for Terry one time over in Idaho. And you trained one now. Mm-hmm. And your your little dog, I don't. It ain't a puppy, is it? How old is yours? That one's younger. He's like probably seven or eight months now. So he is a puppy. Yeah, he's young. But he went from being like put in the bedroom because he barked when they had company. And they now, were training their other dog, and they weren't really sure they could even do anything with him. With the deaf dog. <laughs> yeah. And I didn't know about the deaf dog really until me and you went to their house done yeah. a lesson. And I'm like, what's that barking? Because <laughs> me, I instantly, there's a problem dog right there. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing, somebody pulls up in my car and they get a dog out for a lesson. There's a dog in the truck barking. I'm like, hey, you got a problem in that truck. So uh, they brought that dog down, I think, that night. Maybe we met it that day I was there, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yep. And then you started doing lessons. I think yep. I helped you once or twice or yep. talked you through some of it or something. But now the fun thing is, is they take that dog out in the field, them two dogs with your dog, I think, and yep. they run around and play and act like yep. a dog, and they can call it back to them. And, yep. and now it don't have to be uh, put in the bedroom. I shouldn't say locked up because they yeah. don't got locked door because he ain't big in his own door. But yeah. they don't have to put him in the bedroom no more. He can actually come out and hang out with people even yeah. though he's deaf. And for me, that's, I mean, that's just, if that don't make you excited about training dogs, there ain't nothing well. Yeah. It's always fun when you can do that. And that's the same thing with this other deaf dog that bites people. But this dog bites people. I mean, he's not very nice. But I think he's not very nice because he's confused. And yeah. He's a rescue dog. You know, they rescued him as a year old. And yeah. he came with baggage, you know. And that makes it even worse. And then the lady is just so nice. I don't know about the husband so much. But the lady is so nice that 
that makes it even worse because she feels so bad for the dog because he's deaf. And, yeah. And yeah. I don't know. I always just And then say, she felt even worse because she had done some she things thinks she wrong made it worse. she made yeah. it worse. And, yeah. And it's hard. I mean, there's no... There's no easy way to rescue a dog and just go with it and fix it. No. Jocelyn, she rescued old Sully, and she brought him up here like... Day three. Three <laughs> days later, dropped his ass off. He's hiding bones and said, here, fix my dog. And uh, and now she works for us, so it's free fun. And, and Sully comes to work with her when she don't bring that turd, uh, Leo. But it Leo is... question? Yes. Mary asked, uh, curious if the deaf dog death from birth is death from birth is it uh, they don't really know because it was the shelter well, she got the lady got the dog at a year old and it was deaf so from a shelter so I'm not sure is that Mary what Bronk Mary Poole yeah yeah so for me it goes back to the deaf dog he will just start biting them they said he'll be their best friend and he'll latch on and for no reason. Or if they try to touch his feet or Yeah, they can't touch his feet or can't turn his toenails or you can't put his horns on him correctly. Uh, like Dad's horns on sideways and the guy's as close as he can get. <laughs> so, uh, it, it, but it, what's bad for that is like the little hairy dog. That's what I wanted to talk about tonight. Yeah, that yeah. dog's like not even tall as this glass and just mean or shit. There he was. He ain't now. He's pretty He's cool. He's so cool. I mean, I've rolled him on his back and rubbed his Everything. tummy and put his collar yeah. on and off and so have you. Yeah. We run him on treadmill and yeah. he uh, he just, I don't even know, you can't say enough good about him. But no. the bad thing about him is, for me, if the people would have avoided it and let him grow up, then it would have been worse and worse for and sure. worse. Yeah. Like Russell yeah. that came here at 13 months. Yeah. That was a Russell in the making. Yeah. They just stopped him early. Yeah. Where Russell made it at 13 months. Now, yeah. If Russell would have made it another four or five months, they, I don't know, they wouldn't have to put him down. Yeah, he was bad. That bastard mean. And his teeth were huge. Yeah, they looked like that <laughs> long. <laughs> and we got video one day. We keep threatening to show it. We should show yeah. that dog to yeah. Sandy with Harry, and yeah. she'll feel better. She'll be like, yeah, I'm glad you fixed that dog. <laughs> no, I'm going to tell her. You tell this story all the time on Facebook Live. When she shows up for her first lesson, I'm going to be like, all right, Harry's gone. Yeah. This is your new dog, Harry. <laughs> the new Harry. <laughs> Forget about the old yeah. one. He's disappeared. <laughs> and it is, you know. And the thing is for me it's like tucker came here mm -hmm. and he was mean yeah uh he'd eat your lunch for no reason i mean he had a reason because he wanted to play and you didn't <laughs> <laughs> or you want to put a raincoat on him yeah. i don't know what else it would bite you for but probably a lot he'd play games with you and if you didn't participate and his rules he'd bite you and he was here for three weeks we're just gonna leave it three weeks but he went home yesterday he's cool yeah I mean, really cool. I put a raincoat on him. Mariah gave him a bath day before yesterday. He didn't even bite her. I mean, pulled his feet. I mean, he was just a nice dog. And, and the one that got me is Gus, you know, our buddy. Yeah. She messaged me last night and said, hey, would you trim Gus's toenails? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, man, Gus are buddies. <laughs> that bastard was like a buzzsaw, man. I mean, he wanted to eat me, he wanted to eat Mariah. And she said they couldn't, so I figured, oh, you know. So I'm just like, ah, and he's like, ah, damn, dude. <laughs> he's he's like the Tasmanian devil. He is. Sometimes. I mean, we got had him by yeah. the ear, had him by the collar. I mean, I had my choke rope on him. Yeah. And Mariah was like, 
<laughs> trying to get in there and get toenails. And we got him trimmed. And by the time I was done, he was like, all right, I'll give up. But it took a while. So then we went ahead and done the other one while we were doing them. So we trimmed uh, whoever it is. Bailey. Bailey. She probably did fine. Yeah, she'd yeah, forget. She's she good. didn't like that idea because I think she heard Gus over trying to eat us. So <laughs> she thought she'd try it for a half yeah, second. Yeah, Gus is crazy. Yeah, he he just... got all big today on the playground and was <laughs> threatening to fight Z, and Z was like, nah, I'm good. <laughs> Z's this big, Gus is this big. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's just the whole outlook on life you have. Them dogs don't know they're little big dogs. That, what's her name, dog? Same way, that one that lady gave us, gave back. Tilly. Tilly? Yeah. She had no idea she weighs 12 pounds no. soaking wet. No. She's 180 no. pounds. Yeah. She walked by that freaking Gregory was going to eat his ass today. I'm <laughs> She's like, tired really? of him growling you at just her. Get over in your kill. <laughs> we don't want to be have a disappeared dog. One she, little sometimes bite. she stops and she looks and they're like, she one day. <laughs> one she day. was growling at him and she, I'm like, no. He's pretty rude. Every time she walks by, I'd probably be the same way if I was He was her. probably hiding in the corner, <laughs> hoping she didn't come neighbor. in. He's <laughs> like, just don't let her in there. That's all I ask. <laughs> I'm going to take Tilly's side on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he probably deserves it. But it's, it is. The size of the dog don't matter. No. I hear that all the time. The size of the dog in the fight ain't as important. No. It's the size of the heart of the dog. <laughs> That's what will make it or break it. It's, it's dang sure Ooh. true. So, and I feel that way, like, with Harry. He's so cool, and he hasn't really done anything wrong, but he did have a little fit on the leash. Last night I went up there, and I couldn't help but work with him, so I put the leash on him. And he wanted to go play with Ellie, who was in the round pen. That's his girlfriend, and they raced back and forth, and, you know, he's in love, so he wanted to go play with her. And he just, like, flipped up backwards and was showing me his teeth, and I was like, ah. He's like, oh, never mind, and just quit. <laughs> but I feel like in that moment six months ago, yeah, he if that to happened to me, I'd been like, Marvin! <laughs> this yeah. dog's going to eat me! <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of difference when you start getting more confident. And I used to think that only you could handle those dogs, but I feel like you've gotten my confidence. I do. I mean, you can handle those dogs. They're not bad. Like I said, the difference is going to be when one of them, you get to find your blood running out of it. I agree with that. Then, but I think yeah. you'll be all right now. Yeah. You'll just band-aid it up and go yeah. on. Just remember to put peroxide on it or yeah. something. Clean it up. We got any questions, Brett? No. So... Well, we talked about the deaf dogs, like I said, and I know a guy that had a deaf blind dog on his property. Not dog, I think he lived, if I'm not mistaken, 13 years on a farm and never got ran over. Well, if he did, he lived. But, you know, it's amazing what these dogs do. It's the same thing with humans, you know. If somebody loses eyesight, they make up for it with hearing. If they lose hearing, they make up for it with vibrations, whatever it is. But it makes a big difference, and for me, I feel that we as humans just naturally feel bad for some dog. And then we focus on whatever their weakness the is, weaknesses which is the worst to, thing we yes, can do. Instead of building up the yeah. other parts. Yeah. And yeah. that's what makes a difference. Like I said, with that dog from Idaho, it had such a cool recall. I mean, that dog was just awesome. And I was, I'd done all that in like nine days or eight days or whatever it was. But I worked a lot with that dog. And so that's what makes a lot of difference. And, you know, we're going to throw out there to, tonight that we're going to go do a clinic, I guess, up in Washington. Oregon. Oh, Oregon? Klotzkanite. Close Shows to Washington. what I know. I told somebody I was in Washington, but it doesn't <laughs> matter. Uh, wherever it is, me and Bianca and Mariah's going to go do it. Mariah's going to go with us. Awesome. And uh, we're going to go do a, a clinic at, at some people's place, a farm, and 
we're excited about it. We're going to try to start doing some once in a while. If we do them, they'll probably be on Sundays. And uh, I've always, I mean, I get people always want me to come and do one, but we got we got a farm now. I think that we're going to try to put out there. And I remember whenever I used to do demos in Pomona, California, Sacramento, California, and Albany, Oregon, Ridgefield, Washington. I always have people there want me to go to different states and do clinics and for uh, for obedience. And I never would do them per se just because I didn't have the staff to keep up with all the paperwork right. and and it's a pain in the ear whenever. As list for me, say I want to go to Eugene and do a clinic, and I need eight dogs there to do it, and you know it's just a pain to get it set up and get there, and then you only have four dogs, and it's just like for me, it just takes the wind out of my sail to try to do it for people whenever they don't follow through, and mm-hmm. and I know it doesn't matter what you do, you know, with horses or most people nowadays they just make you pay your fee, and if you don't show up, you pay for your spot, and. Uh, and I think that's the way we'll get. I mean, we'll, especially when we go out of town. Here, we're a lot more lenient if somebody does a four-week obedience class and if they got to miss a day because the fish is biting really good or something, we, we let them make it up yeah. somewhere. Or, they just come to a different Yeah, order. if they got yeah. a medical problem or whatever, yeah. you know, or if a dog's sick or whatever, we always let them make it up. But I feel that when we go to start doing these out of town, if we do, depends on how this one goes and how much y'all enjoy it. I know I'm going to enjoy it. but It's going to be fun. This one here we're doing, it's going to be like 8 to 9 in the morning, one-hour clinic, and then an hour break to talk about dogs, and then an hour clinic, and then we'll talk about dogs or take a nap or whatever, and then another hour and take another hour break, another hour, and then we'll go home, and it's four hours, actually. So for me, this is a four-week clinic in one day. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I love training dogs that way. I mean, I've made some great dogs that way. I, uh, I never had a dog in my life that I worked once a week on it. Uh, for me, I worked on them sometimes three, four, five, ten times a day, depending on what dog it was in my home, my cow dogs, and how bad I needed to make a dog or whatever. And so I feel that just like this chocolate lab we're working with now, Kari, Callie. Callie. Yeah. For me, that dog, if it was if it was in that four one hour class, you wouldn't even know that dog when it was done because yeah. of the fact that what you can learn with it. But the biggest thing is for us with these clinics is. The people can't pick on the dog for the hour between the clinics. Right. They need to give it a yeah, rest. They need to let it go crate yeah. up and take a nap or something because yeah. it's going to be a lot on it. Yeah. Brett, you got anything? Yeah. Mary had just asked, please restate what the clinic topic is. Ours, we don't even have one. It's just obedience. General it's just going to be a general yeah. obedience. And some dogs will get a recall on. depends on the dogs. I mean, if we get there and we got a four-year-old dog, a super, super nice dog, they just can't catch it, we'll probably get a recall on it yeah. that day. The two they, poodles, I'm sure we can. Yeah, they yeah. can just take it out in the field then yeah. and play with it. I wouldn't take it to the beach and turn it loose after those four hours, but they can dang sure take it out in the big field with a fence and get yeah. a recall on it. So, yeah. And then teaching a dog to not jump on you, keep their mouth off of you, uh, things like that. For me, it goes back to... If you have a dog, and I mean, we have a lot of dogs that come here. Milo, I think, was kind of that way. <clears throat> the uh, Curly Milo. But if you have a dog that has a problem in the house or uh, that gets into a dog fight, then you start keeping it away from that. Mm-hmm. Then that makes it worse and worse and worse. Mm-hmm. Especially, I feel, with the dogs that dog fight uh, because of the fact that then... 
when you want to reintroduce your dog to a dog and it's not a good dog, then you got a bad problem. Like us with uh, Callie. They were worried about getting her around dogs because she had a real issue with it. And they we had her in round pen, and I think we had four or five dogs loose in there with her. Mm-hmm. And she didn't have no problem, but we didn't have no dogs that chased her down. No. Our dogs or went aggravated up. aggravated her. Yeah, they went up and sniffed her, and she flipped them off. They're like, well, we don't want to talk to you anyway. And they yeah. left, went on about their own business. Yeah. And then she's like, hey, don't leave me. I want a friend. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it was her going to them, and it made a lot of difference. And the last lesson, I think we've done three or four lessons with her now. And the last lesson, we had her out on the playground. Well, you were out there off leash with some other yeah. dogs and had a recall on her, and it's dang near dark. But that's the difference with them. But when you shelter those dogs and shelter those dogs, and then you're nervous about taking them around to other dogs, and then you take them out to a bad dog to introduce them, then you have a dog fight. Yeah. And a traumatized dog that doesn't yeah. want to be around dogs no more. So, yeah. And we always get dogs in here that we get to be with other dogs, a lot of them the first time. Now, Jenna, we didn't put Gemma. her with, Gemma, we didn't put her with dogs until yesterday. And it's just because she was so unstable yeah. that I was afraid she was going to get herself in trouble. We couldn't even catch her unless we trapped her. And now yeah. I could actually catch her, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Now, if I got my dogs with her in a round pen, she'll come right up to me and let yeah. me catch her. So it makes it a lot of fun. Mariah went out to catch her tonight. Were you up there? Yeah. I said, Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> so I went out there and caught her. She came up to Mariah, and Mariah pet her, actually. Yeah. And she started putting the leash on her and stuck off. Yeah. She didn't want the leash on her. So. Yeah. And then she snapped at me uh-huh. and whenever I took the leash off, a collar off of her in her kennel. She just turned her head and popped at me. And I don't think she wanted to bite me. I think she's just trying to warn me. Yeah. And so I discouraged it, so I don't think she'll do it no more. You got any questions, Brett? Oh. So, uh, Bianca, what yes. do you want to talk about? That was all I wanted to talk about was Harry. Well, and I, on the Harry subject, the dogs that are biting dogs that don't really want to be biting dogs, they just take leadership when the owners are weak. Like today, Jocelyn went to get him. I don't even remember what she was doing, but she said, oh, she put him on the treadmill. Who's? Jocelyn did. For Harry? Yeah, and she said she opened the door, and she said she closed the door, and she's like, for like a whole minute, I was just like, don't think about it, don't think about it, don't think about it, because she never handles the biting dogs. And so she knew he had bit people. She's like, I got to put a leash on this dog. <laughs> <laughs> she said she stood there for a minute and played the mental game and was like, don't think about it, don't think about it. Just got her mind off of worrying about if he was going to bite her. She put the leash on, put her on the treadmill, and she was so proud of herself. Nice. But it was because she she Mentally didn't rush it. Ready, yeah. She was like, I just need to think about this before I do it and not get fixated on the fact and that And you know, that's bite. the thing that I've told you since I met you, and I've told Mariah, and I've told Jocelyn, and Carrie, and I don't know if it doesn't get to tell Carrie, but I tell her. Uh, and I've told anybody who's worked here. Yeah. If you ever go to a dog kennel and you don't feel comfortable, don't open the door. Yeah. Yeah. If you go get them out of one of the pens you don't feel comfortable, don't yeah. get them out of the pen. Call yeah. me or text me. I don't care where I'm at. We'll figure out what to do about it. Yeah. But nobody ever needs to go in a kennel. No. I mean, it's just not something we've yeah. got to do. And even in, in the dog Yeah, even a, if we have them out of the kennel. And <coughs> if they're running us, loose yeah. in a building, that don't matter. I hid behind the sink when you were catching Gregory last night. <laughs> <laughs> I opened the gates, <laughs> and then I got out of the way. <laughs> It's just the thing is, for me, is there's no reason right. to go get yourself in a, And I mean, I do. I get myself in a spot where I don't want you to be. Right. 
but sometimes somebody got to be in that spot, and it's yeah. going to be me if I if I can make that happen, you know. Yeah. So, Brett, do you have any topics? No, we do not. So it's 11 minutes till, so we're going to talk a few more minutes because there's a few more things I want to touch on. Okay. One is the choices, and the lady that was here today, she heard my comment about don't drink as much coffee and use the money to train your dog, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, the money that it costs to train a dog, I won't say train a dog because the majority of the time we fix problem dogs. Right. If you were going to say anything, instead of a training facility, it's a problem dog fixing facility because probably 80 to 90% of our dogs has already got problems. Correct. They're either mouthing, biting, dog fighting, you can't catch them. They're not little 8, 12, 14 week old puppies. Now we're getting those pups in, which yeah. is really fun for y'all. I get bored after a couple minutes, but uh, between you and Susanna Mariah, I think that we'll be able to work with a lot more puppies because y'all really enjoy it. And And I'm doing those ones online. Yes. Now we're doing online. Yeah. Which I've I've done these online things for years. That's one of the reasons I started Marvin Fierce Dog Teacher when me and Dari finally launched this because I was spending six to eight hours a week just doing that. But we weren't doing the uh, face-to-face on the computer. We were just on the phone going down the road eight mile an hour while we were fixing dogs. Yeah. And... It was the same for me. I worked with a lot of people with their dogs, and I'm like, you know what? If I spend this much time on the phone and emailing and texting people about how to fix problem dogs, I might well just launch my dog business. Yeah. And I wanted to go to doing what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, sit there on the iPad and drink my coffee and get paid yeah. to help people fix yeah. dogs. And, and I haven't done it. I don't know for sure why. Uh, I don't know if we just haven't marketed it. Uh, Brett could probably answer that. He's a marketing person for Market us. Market what? Virtual lessons. Virtual lessons. Oh, yeah. I think we just started kind of moving that direction. Well, and some of the dogs, we would need to have them here. But, like, for puppy, this is an eight-week-old, nine-week-old puppy. And she lives in Ohio. And it's my best friend's sister. And for me, I was thinking, gosh, I feel really confident that what you know that I can share with them is more valuable than what they might find going to a local trainer. Treat people. Yeah. Yep, and so I felt like a few sessions online of educating them with what not to do. And At what least to help do. them. Yeah, you know, that's the biggest thing. Yeah. Is, is like you said, you can help them what not to do. Yep. Well, I've had two people here today. Like, golly, I didn't know I made so many mistakes. Yep. It's easy to make mistakes yep. on dog training because if you create a habit, you've got to fix the habit to replace yep. the habit. And I feel like she won't have major problems. If she gets that education. Yeah, yeah. and then follow our videos on Facebook yep. and Instagram yep. and YouTube, TikTok, yep. and now we've got podcasts going. And I mean, the hard thing for me to accept, and it, for me, in, in the race car, car world, uh, I see somebody comment about some race that I've been keeping track of. Like, I watch Street Outlaws a lot. And then somebody says something, and I'll follow up the 100 comments. I'll read them to just see the stupid shit that people say that's not even necessary. A guy asks them what color his car is, and before they're done, they're talking about the air pressure being wrong in his tires, and he's got too much water and not enough antifreeze. And it's like, yeah, dude, <laughs> we're on the wrong subject here. We started out on the color of the paint. And with the dog training, it's the same thing, I think, sometimes. 
is there's a zillion and one videos, and I watch a lot of dog training videos myself. It's pretty fun, but I I think that sometimes we as people as trainers doesn't matter what you train that sometimes we show somebody like I'm sure I've shown you stuff. It's so simple, but beat your head against the wall and go home cussing at night because you couldn't get it. Mm-hmm. The reason you couldn't get it is because it's really not that simple. Mm-hmm. I've just done so long that it's been simple, and you're getting that way now. You just do something and it's done, mm-hmm. you know, with the dog, with the leash. And where before, you know, even months ago, you really had to concentrate on that. Yep. And like I said, you couldn't chew bubble gum and walk at the same time. Yep. And now you're getting to where you can because you can concentrate on that dog and carry on the conversation. And for me, that's what makes a lot of difference with the training is the fact that it's that quick. Yeah. Somebody just told me here recently, they're like, I think my reaction is just too slow to correct my problem. Mm-hmm. And it's like, sometimes you're not concentrating on what you're doing. Right. Yeah. You're bitching about what you can't do. Yeah. They're still doing, worrying about what you can do. Yeah, all the time we'll see someone where we've just taught them not to let the dog pull on the leash and they have a different question and they're so focused on the different question <laughs> the that the dog dog's dragging. pulling on the leash. Yeah, it's like, hey, yeah. hey, forgot that <laughs> Fix part. Fix the first yeah. problem. Back that up yeah. a little bit. And it is hard, you know, and for me, for years, 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 I've had people like, man, I want my dog to be like your dog. And I told somebody today, I said, you can have a dog as good as mine or better, mm-hmm. but you're not going to get it at Walmart. Yeah. That son of a gun's going to lay on the couch and they ain't going to eat her poop. It's yeah. just going to be a stuffed animal. Yeah. But if you want to make a dog like that, for me, if you can't have fun doing it, it isn't going to work very well. Yeah. I mean, when you take the fun out of the training your own dog, it's just, it's just not much fun. And, yeah. I mean, you know that because we're the worst on one another on ourselves. Yeah. Over our own dogs than we are any client dog. Yeah. And I don't even really understand that. And it's nobody's fault our dog makes a mistake but us because we don't let everybody else train them. Yeah. So it's only our fault. But it is hard for people to accept they've owned, you know. Somebody recently told me they've owned, I don't know how many dogs, but they've never owned a good dog. And this time they got a pup and they want a good dog. And I'm like, really? And they're not. They're, I mean, they're my age. And it's like, ah, you know, I feel pretty blessed. I've owned a lot of nice dogs, some great dogs, I feel. And other people talk. I mean, I throw a picture of old sport on there once in a while on Facebook, and there's people all over the country in Australia and everywhere else that brags about that dog. Yeah. And it's because they knew him, and he was a great dog. And yeah. I won't say he's the greatest dog I ever owned because it's a real toss-up between him and Jake and Tyson and, I mean, Chick. You know, I've had some really nice dogs over the years, and I've had a lot of sickum dogs I called them could get it done but it's just really hard for people to understand that you can't exercise fluffy for 10 minutes in the morning and 15 minutes at night and expect fluffy to stay out of trouble no fluffy's going to get in trouble Mm -hmm. and it's really hard for the working people that have a job that they got to go work 8 10 12 hours a day yeah and especially if fluffy won't mind mommy but he'll mind daddy the human yeah and then mommy has to take him out and let him be honored because mommy can't make him mine. Yeah. And then when daddy gets home, daddy's got to like try to make him mine because mommy's letting him misbehave. And so then mommy and daddy gets into argument and then nobody gets dinner. Yeah. And one of them sleeps on the couch. <laughs> and then the next morning they both wake up pissed off and the dog's like, damn, 
I created all that. <laughs> and it's kind of the way it is sometimes. But So, Brett, we got questions? You don't. All right. Then we're going to bail off here. Thanks for listening to the Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher Podcast. If you found this information helpful, we suggest following even more of our dog training tips and resources on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search Marvin Pierce Dog Teacher.